You're listening to the Teach Better Talk podcast featuring expert educators eager to share progressive tactics to reach more students. Teach Better Talk is created by teachers and fueled by passion. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 125 of Teach Better Talk. I'm Ray Hewart, and as always, I am with my honest and authentic Jeff Gargas friend. <laughs> I enjoy you said your Jeff Gargas friend. <laughs> well, you know, there's so many ways I describe you. I just want to change it up. I mean, we're at 125 episodes right now here, buddy. Uh, that's crazy. 125. That is a lot of episodes. It's a lot of episodes and a lot of Jeff time. I don't know if you heard, but I were in a Voxer group together and I was asking for people's prayers and love because I had to podcast record with you tonight and everyone knows how horrible that is. That was really mean. <laughs> like, just Sorry, Jeff. Very mean. So, it was a joke. I mean it out of I love. Know. You're just I sick. You're taking it sensitively. I know. I am, I'm, I'm not feeling very good at all, so I'm just totally taking it out on you. Uh, which I'm is not, sorry. I hope you feel better. I appreciate that. Thank you, Ray. I'm working on it. I'm going to get some good sleep tonight. We'll be okay tomorrow. We'll be good. We'll get back to it. But uh, so- Do you know what would make you feel better? What would make me feel better? Well, sleeping and hot tea. And okay. then I think hanging out in our private Facebook group would do you some good. <laughs> I do. I was, I was going to mention the private Facebook group because we're doing some cool stuff coming up uh, over winter break in there. Uh, so if you're listening, you're not in the- I, I'm sorry to keep interrupting you, but literally as we're recording this podcast, Jennifer Bowles just asked to join. And so I'm approving her literally as we're recording this right now. So shout out to Jennifer. Way to get in there. Yeah. She's from Wyoming. Nice. I like it. So Jennifer yeah. will get to experience the, the free PD series that we have going on over winter break. If you're listening, you're not in a group, you're going to miss it. So you better get in a group now by going to teachbettergroup.com or just search and teach better. Uh, team on Facebook and get in there. But Ray, can I flip it to you? Can you tell us a little bit about this free PD series that we're doing? We've done a couple of these, but we're doing another one over winter break. What's going to be, what are we talking about? And then I, I, I'd really like, if you don't mind, could you share again, sort of like why we do these? I love the reason why we do it. Yeah, I think it's kind of fitting for this episode because in a little bit, you're going to hear from Dave and he gets real real with us, like <laughs> very honest guy who does incredible reflection. And so I'm going to give you the honest story of our Facebook group, where we started a Facebook group in hopes to support teachers. And for a long time, we had it. And I don't know that we were really fulfilling our mission of wanting to to support teachers as well as we could. And we were con continuously brainstorming, like, what can we do virtually, like in a Facebook group that in any way helps a teacher? Um, because that's really... That's the goal. So uh, in May, I don't know if you remember this, Jeff, we were at a quarterly meeting, which essentially meant that I traveled all the way to Ohio and <laughs> hung out with you for an entire weekend and Chad and Tiffany and everyone else. And um, we kind of threw around this question of, you know, what can we do in our private Facebook group, just help people out. And finally, we had this moment where we're like, you know what, if we were really being teachers about this, we would just ask our students, like, what do they want? What what would they like? Give them some voice in this. And so that Sunday, when I was traveling back to Chicago, I posted the question to our network at the time, which was, I don't know, what do you think? Like a thousand educators that had all come together in the Teach Better Team private Facebook group and said, 
you know, what can we do to help you? And a lot of people were looking for some purposeful, scheduled professional development that they could get, you know, right at home. And so we did our first uh, summer series. So once a week, all summer long, uh, someone from the team went live for an hour, an hour and a half, two hours, depending on what we were talking about, and just talk shop. You know, it was all very targeted. We had objectives and, you know, really wanted to have authentic conversations about amazing things in education, challenging things in education, progressive ideas. And the best part was that it was all saved, you know, in the group. So even if you join the group halfway through the summer, you kind of had access to everything. And the response was insane. I mean, we now have about 3,000 educators in this group, you know, just six months later that are continuously trying to be at their best, you know, pursuing better And so since that time, since we got such amazing feedback, we did a September series and I'm super excited. We are going to do a winter break series. So for the two weeks of winter break, uh, we are going to go live. Uh, We'll be releasing those dates very soon, very, very soon. And each live series is going to happen to hopefully just target ideas and education that y'all want to talk about and give you some professional development on how to approach those topics Better and something I'm really excited about, Jeff, is that while I'm, ex- I'm, I mean, I'll be a part of a few of them, but um, the rest of our Teach Better family will also be popping in. So Becky, who's on the Teach Better team, Caitlin Giordano, um, you know, like Megan Deegan, Andrea, I mean, all these kind of teachers that have continuously been a part of our Teach Better family are going to come live with me or on their own and talk shop. You know, we're all teachers and we're all working our butts off to pursue our own definition of better. And it'll be cool to dive into mastery learning and community engagement and retakes and starting your year off strong with students back in January and, you know, topics that, that are relevant that teachers care about, you know, you did awesome at that right there. Right. Like, like oh, I know that like thanks, we, beforehand we're like, Hey, we're going to talk about this, but like, we didn't like prep. You didn't have like a script, but that was awesome. I'm impressed. <laughs> It's like, you know, you know, like, that's you why know, they pay me the big yeah, bucks. It's like, yeah. you know, what's going on. No, it's super exciting. And, you know, you touched on it, like the, the response we've gotten from these, the, when we do these, these series, whether, you know, they're four weeks or six weeks or whatever, two weeks has been just awesome, which is really cool for us. Cause it's, it's just us listening to our audience and trying to do everything we can. Like you said, really trying to fulfill that mission of supporting teachers every way we can. So I'm super excited about it. I really love that so many people from our team and from our family are getting in on this and, and, and being involved in this one. So if you're not in that group yet, you need to go over to Facebook, search Teach Better Team. Uh, our page will come up, which you can like that if you want. And then, then our group will come up too. Just hit join. We'll get you in there super fast. Say, And if you join, you get access to anything we've done. So you know, if you're interested in the summer series, if you're interested in the September series, we do a bi-weekly family check-in that Lisa recommended we do that we started doing a few weeks ago. So anything, it's all documented. So uh, to be honest, Jeff, a lot of our courses at Teach Better Academy, we've like duplicated in our private group just because people have asked. So uh, there's a ton of just good stuff in there, good conversation. Speaking of good conversation, this episode with- Oh, dad joke coming. That was a good one. I think that was a good transition. With Dave Schmidow is, we, we're fans, just, just let's get that out of the way. But this was 
I mean, you mentioned earlier, he got real. Like, he got real, real um, and deep, and I love it. Uh, he We got to know him in a different way here, which is what we try to do on this, this podcast. But he really just shared it all out with us, and I think there's so much value in this episode. So I'm just going to talk real quick on Dave. We're going to get into the episode. So Dave Schmidow is currently the Executive Director of Curriculum Instruction for the Brandon School District in Michigan. Uh, he's been an elementary school principal, a middle school principal, a middle school assistant principal, middle school teacher. Um, he's also an adjunct, uh, adjunct professor um, of educational leadership as well. Uh, in 2014, he won the Michigan Administrator of the Year Award. And in 2018, he was given the Collegiate Educator of the Year Award. Uh, he's also an author of two awesome books, Bold Humility and It's Like Riding a Bike. And in all of his spare time, apparently, he's also the, the host of an awesome podcast that you and I have both been fortunate and blessed to be on called Last in Learning. Uh, Dave is just phenomenal. Super excited about this episode. Ray, I'm not even giving you a chance to talk about this one. We're just going to get right into it. Is that cool? I love Dave. <laughs> I'm glad I stopped for a second so you could say that. Let's get to episode 125 with Dave Schmidt. Hey everyone, it's Ray. We are about to get right back to the episode, but I wanted to make sure you are a part of our Facebook group. The Teach Better team has a private Facebook group that has grown so much over the past few months, and we continue to do live sessions, answer questions, and have teachers share their lesson plan ideas so we can all collaborate together. Head over to Facebook and search Teach Better Team to request to join, or you can head to teachbettergroup.com and request there. Either way, we'll see you over on Facebook. Now let's get back to the episode. All right, we're here. We are talking with the one and only Dave Schmidow. Did I say that cool that enough? Was, I tried that, to say it like cool. That was awesome. Schmidow. You get a little Ohio in there. Schmidow is how we pronounce it right way up here in the great state of Michigan, but I'll take that, Jeff. Dave, uh, I just do that because we've been having fun laughing already. And yes, now everyone knows you're Michigan. I'm in Ohio. OSU, Michigan's coming up here in a few days. Uh, And so we have to not like each other for the entire podcast episode. (laughs) But I am, uh, outside of that, I'm super, super excited to have you on. Uh, Ray and I have both got to hang out with you on your podcast and and going out. Um, We're just huge fans of you. Not only as an educator, as an author, as a podcaster, blogger, but also just as a person. Uh, you're just a super fun guy. I am so excited to flip the mic on you, dive into your brain. But before we do that, how are you feeling right now, man? I am feeling great. This is like a bucket list being checked off right now. This is this is amazing. Dave, you're so funny. I felt the same way. I don't want to repeat everything Jeff just said, but I loved being on your podcast. Like I am lucky enough, fortunate enough to be on podcasts every so often where I get to be interviewed. You are the best and coolest person to talk to. It's such a natural conversation. I had so much fun. And when I saw that you were signed up for tonight, I was like, I'm so stoked to hear your story because I just think that you must have heard so many educator stories. I'm sure putting it all together to your experience is just going to be so cool to hear. And you know, I'll be honest, I'm a little nervous to hear my own story because I, I, I listen to you guys all the time and I, I'm scared to see what you guys are going to pull out of me. So oh, let's Dave, go. You're going to be a natural. <laughs> well, I want to talk about you for a minute. This is the easy question that never feels so easy, but it really is just encouraging you to share about all that you do. And obviously you do a lot and I know that. And I want to make sure that all of our listeners not only hear about your story, but subscribe to your podcast and do all that good stuff. So do you mind telling us a little bit about what you do? Yeah, sure. So I think it starts 
at home. I'm I'm a father of four kids, and uh, they're all still here in the house. My oldest is 14 years old. My youngest is four. I've got two others smacked in the middle there somewhere. I would tell you their ages, but I get them all confused. One is six <laughs> and one is eight. Um, but they are truly the reason I do absolutely everything I do, whether it's uh, going to work every single day or talking to amazing people like you or writing or speaking. It's it's all through the lens of trying to, to make this world better for my kids. They are examples to me. They teach me things on a day-to-day basis and uh, truly just just get me going. Uh, full-time though, it, the thing that brings in the paycheck because Lord knows my kids take my paycheck, but the thing that brings me money is I've got a title called the Executive Director of Curriculum and Instruction. It's a fancy title that doesn't mean a lot um, other than I get to support the amazing principals and teachers in my district um, on a day-to-day basis, just get to go into classrooms. And I, I really call myself the, the chief cheerleader of teaching. That's what I get to do on a day-to-day basis. I love that chief cheerleader of teaching. Um, so let's, I want to touch on because one of the many other titles that you hold is author. Uh, and you've got a couple books out and I know bold hum- humility right now. I mean, I've seen that all over the place. People talking about about it, people shouting it out, nothing but great reviews. I have it, but I haven't actually got into it yet because I've got a stack that I'm working on. Um, so for me and for everyone listening, can you tell us about tell us about uh, all your books and just sort of what can we expect, who they for, who should go pick them up, and what can we kind of take away from them? All right, yeah. So I'll start with bold humility since you're slacking on this, and I put it at the bottom of your pile. I'll, I'll just it's, give you the audio version right here. I'll just read it to you if, if that helps. <laughs> Do it. Um, we got all the time. <laughs> no, but the, the, the basic concept is, um, I, and I, I know we're going to get to a question about failure later on, so I'm going to try not to, to preempt that, but I, I've, I'm now in my 20th year in education, and I'll be flat out honest. I spent 19 of those years thinking I had all the answers. I spent a lot of time, both as a classroom teacher and an administrator, thinking my job was to be the expert, that I was supposed to be this guy that, that had it all figured out. And whether it was kids in my classroom needing to come to me to, to get the information that they so desperately desired, or the building principal that needed the teachers to, to come get my approval or to get my blessing on things, I just had uh, arrogance <laughs> written all over me. And as opposed to it um, helping me in my day-to-day job, as opposed to it bringing more people to me to get those answers, it, it truly pushed people farther and farther away from me to, to the point where I, I found myself spiraling. Um, about, about a year ago, I just found myself in this dark, dark hole where I, I felt completely alone, completely isolated, and uh, just realized through some, some dark times that the best leaders are the the most real. They're the, they're humble, they're vulnerable, and they're authentic. And they admit their mistakes. They admit their shortcomings. They lean into the people that have more expertise than them. And uh, bold humility is is partly that story. And it's partly the, the lessons I've learned. And it's partly my leadership journey, really. It talks about the, the struggles I've had. It talks about a lot of mistakes I've made. And it it also boldly proclaims some of the successes that I've been, been able to encounter along the way, but specifically paying tribute to the people that have pulled me up and, and have helped me find those successes. Very cool. And can you tell us about It's Like Riding a Bike? 
Yeah. So it's like riding a bike, how to make learning last a lifetime. So I, I, I hinted on this by when I described uh, who I am really. And I said, it's, I'm, I'm really a dad first and foremost. And this is a book that uh, was really inspired by my kids. As a dad, one of the most amazing parts about my job is helping my kids learn these skills that'll transcend school, transcend childhood into adulthood, those skills that will truly last a lifetime. And we've all heard the saying before that once you learn how to ride a bike, you never forget. Well, as, a, as an educator, um, I, I used to get super frustrated, especially as a classroom teacher, when I would teach kids content, let's say Monday through Thursday, give them a test on Friday, and then the following week, start over again and realize that they already forgot everything I taught the previous week. But yet I can teach, for example, my four-year-old, this complex skill that requires balance and dexterity and um, so many other <laughs> skill sets of riding a bike. I can teach him how to do that when he's four years old. He can avoid riding his bike for the next 50 years, hop back on it at the age of 54, and still remember the skill. So the, the concept behind It's Like Riding a Bike, How to Make Learning Last a Lifetime is really, how do we take that same process that we use to teach kids how to ride a bike and put it into classrooms? How do we make kids feel safe? How do we give them the motivation? How do we give them balance? Um, how do we um, pick them up when they fall down? really walks through the steps that we use to teach kids how to do this complex skill before they even start school and say, how can it uh, manifest itself within schools? That's so cool. amazing I love topic. that connection. That's just awesome. And I love the cover of that, that book. I'm just going to say it right now. It's got like, the old school <laughs> that, that old banana with the flag yeah, yeah, yeah. on it and stuff. Uh, it's just super cool. Uh, so then I'm going to keep it going here because like we talked about all the, the different titles. You're also a podcaster, right? And we talked, we've already talked about how we were both on there. Like it was so awesome to be a part of that. The conversation. It's the the last and learning podcast, and um, just kind of give us an idea of. I'd love to hear like sort of why you started the podcast. Like what what led you to that? <laughs> um, and then oh wow, and for anyone who hasn't actually listened to it, sort of what is it? What what are you trying to do with it? What are you trying to get out? What what can I expect from the podcast? So so here's here's the reality, and it kind of um, it goes along my own personal journey. So you ask why I started the podcast. I mean, you want the the real. The yeah, real truth the real is here. because <laughs> because I loved hearing my own voice. True story. Um, the The podcast started, ooh, I don't know, two years ago or so. And all it was was me pontificating, sharing my own voice, my own stories, um, being that, uh, that guy that needed to hear his own voice and thought I had all the answers and I was sending out to the airwaves. And, you know, week in, week out, I'd go and I'd look and wow, there's 15 people that heard that episode. That's amazing. I'm changing the world with 15 people. And it, it just never resonated. And, but I kept doing it, kept doing it and, you know, just wasn't getting any traction and I could not figure out why. And yeah, I talk about how a little bit more than a year ago, I hit this place in both my personal and professional life where I just realized I couldn't do this alone anymore. I, I just found myself completely alone and, and isolated and just decided that, that I had to change some stuff up and really just decided to start leaning into people. And um, that's where the, the podcast completely flipped and it changed. And I started reaching out to people. It started off with people that weren't necessarily in education. They weren't in school buildings and just started to talk to them and tried to figure out what was their secret to success? What was their life story? And every single person I started speaking to just started talking about the power of connections and relationships and these networks and being trustworthy and um, finding people that they could trust. And they, they talked about these, these enduring skills that I know that we don't necessarily explicitly teach with our curriculum and our standards. And a guy who my day job is 
to make sure that the standards are being met, to make sure that the curriculum is being taught with, I'm using air quotes right now, with fidelity. It, there was just this, this turning inside of me where I realized, wow, I, I think we're missing the mark somewhere. And I want to try to amplify these stories. I want to try to make sure that people understand that there's more to education, there's more to school than the message that I've been sending. And uh, there are more voices out there than the voices that we're we continue to hear. So the Lasting Learning Podcast is really just talking to people and hearing their stories, trying to hear their secrets to success. So like, like Jeff, when I spoke to you, it, it was so powerful to me to hear, you know, you're out there changing the world of, of education and you weren't a K-12 classroom teacher. And, you know, hearing Ray's story and knowing that when, when she was in school, she struggled with school and she had this label thrown upon her that nobody really thought that she'd be successful. And you guys are both out there just killing the world of education right now. And that resonates with me. And so my goal right now is truly just to, to use what little platform I have to amplify other people's voices and their stories so that we can really get back to the, the purpose and the heart of education. Well, I love it. I think you're absolutely doing that. I'm, I, this is really cool. I'm glad I asked that question. Because I didn't know that about that shift, so that's really cool. Now I'm going to go back and find all those old episodes. Because I've li- I've been subscribed <laughs> no. for a while yeah, now, yeah, yeah. and I li- <laughs> I listen to them, but I got to go back and listen to the old ones now. I want to check that out. That's really cool. I really appreciate you kind of taking us back there with you. Really cool. So you alluded to this, and I know you know it was coming, and and we talked about this on your podcast and stuff like that. But we do talk about failure a lot. I like talking about it. I always joke that you know I'm very fortunate to have failed a lot. I may not have liked it at the time, but looking back, that it's what has built. Uh, me into who I am and allow me to be whatever level of success I am at this point. So can you take us to the time in your career that you've, you've had a failure to kind of tell us what happened? Uh, how did you overcome that? And then what'd you take away from that? Sure. So, um, it's a hard question to answer, to be honest with you. Um, not because I, I'm looking back and saying, <laughs> I don't fail. It's really the exact opposite. I think the, the best way for me to answer that is probably the biggest failure moment I've had is when I defined myself as a failure. Um, you know, we all have moments where we struggle. We all have these moments where we don't quite hit that home run or we strike out or whatever metaphor we want to use. But I, I took a lot of moments and I used them to define myself. I, at those struggles, I said, um, it's not a struggle. It's not a struggling moment. It's not a skill that I'm weak at. I would take that and say, man, I am a failure. Something that I might find success in and I would take it and label myself and I'd say, I am gifted or I am smart. And it's it's still something I'm struggling with right now is trying to remove my own labels. It's something I fight against all the time with education. I, I hate labels when we use them in schools, whether they're, they're labels of at risk or different special ed labels or even the gifted labels or whatever the case may be. But I know it's something that I struggle with all the time. I take moments in time and I use them with this big, broad brush to, to paint myself. So I, I think back, for example, in 2014, um, being the, the arrogant dude <laughs> that I was and um, walking around with this, this strut and back then everybody was talking about swagger and I had all kinds of swagger. I got um, awarded the, the Michigan Principal of the Year Award. And I took that and I wore that bad boy like a badge of honor. And I used that. I mean, it was at the top of my resume. It was at the top of everything I had. And I was f- flaunting that um, like, like, a, like a banner. I wanted everybody to know that I was the 2014 principal of the year for the entire state of Michigan. Well, um, <laughs> a couple of weeks after I got that award, I was sitting down with my superintendent and having a conversation with him. And uh, I asked him, 
when I got that award, I asked him, how come you didn't come to the ceremony when I got the award? And he looked me right in the eye and said, because you didn't deserve it. You got that award because you have amazing teachers, not because you're anything special. And I, I took that. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, Jeff. I was upset. I was angry. I was ticked. Um, I look back on it now and I think, man, he was, <laughs> he was so right. Um, I was riding the coattails of some amazing people. And every time I tried to elevate myself, all I was doing was diminishing their hard work. And uh, I look back at it now and I'd say that's probably my, my biggest failure was actually that moment where I thought I was the most successful. And uh, it, it's humbling to look back on it now and say, man, <laughs> the, the, the opportunities I missed by worrying more about myself than the people I was supposed to serve. That's awesome. I love that you look back on it that way and flip that. So, and really appreciate you being so honest with us there. Um, so let's flip it. Let's talk about a successful moment you've had. And this can be something big or something small, but tell us what happened. Why was it a success for you? And then what did you take away from that? All right. So it's, it's going to feel like I'm blowing smoke here. Um, so don't get, <laughs> don't get too high. But honestly, like a moment like this is, it, it's a huge moment for me. Um, being able to, to talk to two people that, uh, I mean, <laughs> Jeff and Ray, I, I admire you guys more than you know, um, just because of your authenticity and your willingness to go out there and do what's necessary. So being able to be on, on your podcast and, you know, I've listened to your podcast a, a lot. Uh, we, you got more than a hundred episodes out there. I've listened to 80 or 90 of them so far. And, and I kind of know the script. I know that you're asking for people to, to be real and authentic. And, um, you know, a couple of years ago, this is something I would have never done. Even, even if you would have asked and begged me, I, I wouldn't have done it because I felt that it was, it was my job to control my own narrative and uh, to paint myself how I needed to paint myself. So being able to have a conversation with the two of you, just knowing that you're, you're going to get to the real story and uh, that you guys are, are truly changing education for, for the better. You are helping teachers just teach better. You're helping administrators get better. You're helping all of us get better. I mean, honestly, this is, this is one of those defining moments, man. And I appreciate it. Well, no, Dave, of- listening to your story. Sorry, Jeff, go ahead. I was going to say, I'll give him his 20 bucks after, but that was awesome. Like, I'm over <laughs> here just like, we can stop now. I'm on cloud nine. I'm feeling good. <laughs> Sorry, go man, ahead. Man, you totally messed up my transition. <laughs> I, I was going to keep with that heartfelt mentality and you ruined it. Oh, I, I do that. That's what I do is ruin things. Dave, I have a serious comment. Can I can I stick with that real quick? Go for it. All right, Dave, I I have like sitting here mouth open listening to your story and to have you then share that being on this podcast was a success because of the realness that Jeff and I try to bring. I mean, I I really think I hope you listen back to this episode because I was listening to your story being like Wow, that's ref- that's vulnerability right there. Like I try, I try and be as open and you know authentic. And Jeff and I, I mean, Jeff continues to hold me very accountable for that. Like we really want to be um, the people that share the the real stories and not just the fluff. But you're sharing, I mean, that times twelve. I mean, I just think that people listening to this podcast are going to so easily relate to you because. Gosh, if I totally, I've totally been there, but I don't know that I could nearly admit to it and and share the story and reflection through it that you have. So, it, being on this podcast is, I mean, you're doing so much for us. Um, you know, this isn't a favor to you at all. 
<laughs> I, I appreciate that. But I, I, I know you guys know Mandy Freilich. She's, oh, she's, she's amazing. Um, yeah, she, she's awesome. She, she posted something recently that um, really resonated with me. So I'll, let me throw a little love Mandy's way real quick. She posted something about the idea of vulnerability and how sometimes people can use it as a weapon. It, it's almost like the, the new in vogue thing um, in the world and in education that in our quest to be real and to have these connections with kids and adults, everybody's supposed to just express their vulnerability. And she talked about how with that, there's this growing sense now that people are using their vulnerability and their realness to manipulate people and to try to garner more attention and to garner more, um, more respect, if you will. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, right? That, that is something that, that I, I wrestle with all the time <laughs> when I'm sitting here trying to tell my story. I, it's, it's hard to, to truly be authentic when you know that you have an audience. And I know that that's something that teachers wrestle with in their classrooms all the time when they're trying to make things relevant for their kids and they're trying to make those connections is how much do I share and how much do I open up and how much of this is, is going to be just for the sake of the audience versus how much of this is really for me. Um, so I'll, I'll go back and I'll say, for me, honestly, it, it's real. The fact that I'm, I'm talking to the two of you makes it just that much easier because I, I think you guys have done this amazing job of I mean, help, helping me feel like I can connect with you. You know, I know there's other people listening, but I, right now I'm having this conversation with the two of you and, and that's what helps bring it out. Yeah. And that's something I really enjoy. I know we don't use video, but the way that you record your podcast, being able to just sit, it feels like you're sitting down at like a, someone's dining room table and just like talk and shop. And, and I really enjoy that about your podcast as well as it should just be a conversation that hopefully then you're amplifying the stories of the great people that you continue to connect with, which, which kind of leads into our next thing. You know, I, I really want to ask you about what fuels your fire, what excites you about education, because you have honestly, obviously made a, a massive transition. You're obviously very passionate about education or you wouldn't be in it. Let's be honest. So with everything going on and all these amazing things you're doing, what's really fueling your fire and keeping you excited about education? Yeah. it. So let me, I'm going to talk about something right now that's going to sound kind of oxymoronic compared to everything else I just talked about. But um, right now, there's this there's this movement on Twitter and social media where people are talking about edgy rock stars and these people that have left the classroom and left schools and they're they're traveling around the country and traveling around the world and using their platform to to sell education. And I'm going to be very honest, and I'll say this directly. I love me some edgy rock stars. Love them, love them, love them. I, I'm a guy, I, I, to say that you don't like edgy rock stars is like saying that you're not going to download your favorite um, musical artist on, on iTunes. So I listen to country music and I'll tell you, I love Kenny, uh, <laughs> Kenny Chesney and Tim McGraw. I listen to every single thing that they do. I don't have to necessarily listen to the, to the, indie, um, the indie band that plays out of their, their garage that's spouting out independent music. If there's somebody out there that's got a good message and some good lyrics, I'm going to listen to it. And if I can connect with them and actually meet that person face to face and get their autograph or get their guitar pick, I'm going to buy in that much more. It's going to get me fueled up and fired up to keep seeing them. There are some people out there right now that that get me fired up. That they inspire me to say the things that nobody else is really saying, but needs to be said. They're the ones that that give give me hope to keep coming back day in and day out. They're the ones that are out there amplifying and using their platform for good. So there there's some people out there right now that will continue to, to knock down the, the so called edgy rock stars. I am in no way, shape, or form an edgy rock star. I I'm not. I 
<laughs> I'm not an, an edu independent band. I'm not an, um, an edu karaoke say, singer. I mean, I got none of that, but there are some people out there that are saying some stuff that are, that, and it's speaking to me. And, uh, I love the fact that they're out there unashamedly just saying the stuff and it's their stuff that keeps me coming back for more. So Dave, you've shared so much. I mean, geez, between your stories and your honesty, I, I'm, I'm with you. Like I am on the Dave train, but I have to know, you know, with our listeners listening, they, I'm confident, appreciate your vulnerability, appreciate your reflection. I, I think that you're so easily relatable and you're doing great things in education. What, what piece of advice do you give our teachers, our new teachers, our veteran teachers, anyone listening who wants to not only pursue this progressive mindset in education, but also really wants to support other teachers in amplifying their voice like, like you continue to do? What, what advice do they need? Yeah, I'll make it simple. Just do it. <laughs> it's, it's that simple. Back, back when I was a, a, a building principal, the words I hated hearing the most were, I can't wait until next year. Oh, it drove me crazy. I loved the, the fact that people were embracing the things that they needed to do. But the idea of waiting till next year just drove me crazy. As a father of, of four kids, I, I've really learned to embrace the, the, the statement of don't ever begin a sentence with, I can't wait until. Don't, don't say, I can't wait until my kids can drive. Don't say, I can't wait until my kids are in high school. Don't say, I can't wait until my kids can whatever. Because then you miss out on who they are right now. This is, this is my opportunity to be a dad to a 14-year-old, an 8-year-old, a 6-year-old, and a 4-year-old. And look at that guy. I'm right. Um, but this is, this is my opportunity right now to be the person that they need in this moment. It's the same thing with the kids in teachers' classrooms right now, tomorrow, the next day. This is, this is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your opportunity to just go try something big. If you're an administrator, if you're a principal, get out of your teacher's way when they're trying to do something big. Don't scare them. Don't start talking about data. Don't ask them to prove it with best practice. Just get out of the way and let them do it. Because it's people like us, people like me, that get in the way of teachers just going out there and trying something today. People will say they'll try it next year because they think that'll give them all summer long to, to make sure it's perfect and to make sure that all the plans are laid out just right instead of just going out there and trying it today and embracing the moment. You're only going to get the kids in front of you uh, this one time. So just do it. Oh, I love it. Just do it. That's awesome. Uh, my, might be one of my favorite pieces of advice that we've ever had on the show. Right. I'm going to tell you right now, put it on, put it in a done. Good one. He gets a trophy. Boom. Let's see if he earns the trophy for real. I think he already did, but we're going to go here. So, uh, yeah, next yeah. six questions, next six questions, Dave, we're going to do it in 15 seconds or less for each. Got it. You got it. Let's do it. All right, man. What is one ed tech tool you cannot live without? Yeah, it's evolved into Instagram. A picture's worth a thousand words. So I love trying to see people's stories and just hearing and seeing who they are as actual people. Uh, what book are you reading right now? Yeah, it's a book called Unoffendable. Um, the, the idea that we only get offended when we think that we're more right than other people. Mm. Who do we need to follow on Twitter or Instagram today? You mean besides Ray and Jeff? Of well, course. let's throw Ray and Jeff in there. But um, I'll say Brian Mindler, absolute amazing dude when it comes down to classroom management, behavior management, getting to know that one kid that you have in your class. Daniel Patterson, um, talking about overcoming and uh, changing your life, changing your behavior. And Jessica Leahy, uh, the gift of failure author, talking about how we need to embrace 
failure and more importantly, embrace picking ourselves up afterwards. Give us a good YouTube channel or website for educators. Um, I'll talk about QuinnRollins.com. Quinn Rollins is the author of Play Like a Pirate, um, really talks about just making education fun again. And his website has tons of ideas um, that you can just steal and use whether you teach kindergarten or seniors in high school. Uh, give us a daily, weekly, or monthly routine every teacher should get into. Sing the praises of somebody new. Um, don't just amplify your voice. Find somebody else that you can celebrate. When you go out and you look for the good, you're going to find the good. So find somebody else to boost up. And what is the best piece of advice you've ever received? I'll say the same thing again. Don't ever begin a sentence with, I can't wait until. Nailed it. Boom. Trophy. <laughs> you get the I'll give trophy. you my address when we're done. Go ahead and nail yeah. it. <laughs> That is awesome. Dave, you have added so much value. I want this to only be the beginning of everyone's connection to the amazing things you're doing, including your podcast, your books, and gosh, I'm sure you have a lot of things up your sleeve that you haven't even yet admitted to to your network. But uh, would you mind kind of sharing how people can stay connected and get connected with you? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I'm sure you'll have this in the, the show notes, but Twitter and Instagram, uh, they're both at Dave Schmidt. It did take me seven years to get both of those to be the same. So I'm super proud that they're both at Dave Schmidt now. Um, my website is schmidt.net. So if you can figure out how to spell Schmidt, you're going to find me. It's pretty easy. <laughs> um, same thing with my Facebook page, uh, YouTube channel. It's all Dave Schmidt. And you guys find all the links and resources and everything we mentioned over at teachbetter.com as well as his really important links uh, for connecting with Dave. So we'll have all of that over in the show notes. So make sure you head over to teachbetter.com for all of that. Be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. And if you can give us a rating review, we'd really, really appreciate that as well. And let's keep on taking it one step further. Just think of three of your colleagues who need to hear, the, hear these amazing stories and share this podcast with them. Dave, man, this was awesome. I'm so happy that we had you on. So pumped. You absolutely did not disappoint. This was fantastic. Super excited for everyone to hear it, man. Really, really appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. And until next time, let's get out there. Let's teach better. I love Dave. <laughs> I'm glad I stopped for a second so you could say that. <laughs>